Welcome to episode 56 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman, and I'm joined by Matt Deitch. As always, I'm here. Episode 56. It's we're cold. Here. Holy moly. <laughs> we got we got cold. We got weather. It didn't, it's it's freaking wild up here. Winter is finally here. Yeah, it's finally here. We're making ice, that's for sure. Yeah, no kidding. We're, we, we were out last Saturday, and it was that was cold that day, too. Yeah, absolutely. It uh, didn't allow us much to get out and hole hop. I mean, it was kind of drill some holes and try to find fish and then kind of camp out and hope they swam to you. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, when, when we would finally decide that we were going to move uh, spots, flip your shack over and man it was like 20 seconds and and you had a good solid skim over over yeah, your hole take long i mean what what was it two two three degrees five degrees i don't know uh, it was something like I mean, that. it was single it was, digits yeah, and, it was and, pretty low yeah i was pretty windy too so yeah i uh i've had better days out fishing and we still caught fish i mean you started your clicker that you talked about in the last episode yep, yep so. i did i got 14 fish it wasn't wasn't a spectacular day but uh you got to start somewhere rome wasn't right, built in a day matt right and i mean we got there and we didn't start fishing until you know around noon or no it was a little afternoon i think so i mean yeah it was, it was it better was. than zero that's right that's right <laughs> well uh We'll talk later about uh, our, our fishing trip yeah. uh, uh, later in the episode, but uh, first we got Theo Tolliver, and if you want to talk about cold, we're uh, Theo's from Minot, North Dakota. Yeah. And, uh, we're not going to try to out-cold him. Nope, nope, <laughs> no. He can have it, though, up there. That's right. <laughs> he, he ice fishes before us. He ice fishes later than us. That's but, right. But yeah, no, he, he can have it up there. But yeah, we're going to get right over to him. And we're here today with Theo Tolliver from Minot, North Dakota. Theo, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. Yeah, good, good talking with you. Um, Theo, uh, obviously this is a fishing podcast. We're going to talk fishing later. But uh, first off, we got a couple questions for you non-fishing related. Uh, okay. If you were a UFC fighter, what would your walkout song be? Ooh, my favorite walkout song be? Oh, man. God, that's, that's a tough one. Um yeah, you know, I never really thought about that. I love the UFC too. <laughs> I, I, I knew I knew from Facebook that you were a fan. So. Yeah, I think my walkout music would be probably uh, uh, that DMX song. Is a, um, what is that song called? Uh, I know his, some. His, I know some DMX songs. I can start throwing them out here. Yeah, yeah, throw them out. Let me see. I, I can't remember. I used to listen to them, like all. Oh, all there's a uh, where the hood at. <laughs> No, it's not with <laughs> Where the hood at? There's one. Um, I know. X coming for you. Oh, no, it's not. Yeah. Stop. Drop. Oh, <laughs> Rough Riders Anthem. Rough Riders Anthem. That was my jam, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> Just to get, it gets me hyped up and about to walk in the cage. I'm going to need something to hype me up because I'd be too scared to fight with I'm fighting. So. <laughs> <laughs> who, who wouldn't you want to fight? Who wouldn't I want to fight? Yeah. Uh, right now, probably... Uh, Israel Adesanya, do not want to fight that guy. That is or a bad. That is a bad man. <laughs> or John Jones. Either way, I don't. Nope, I'm good. <laughs> you know, Theo, this this episode's actually going to come out uh, this Monday, but uh, you know, obviously, there's a big fight this weekend. Who do you got, Cerrone or McGregor? Oh, I, I, I God, I, I love Donald Cerrone. I love Conor McGregor. I have to give the edge to to the cowboy only because he's been more active. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I like it. Oh, the only—that's the only reason why. And you know, because it's if Connor connects that left hand, lights out for Cerrone. No yeah. doubt, no doubt. I'm so. telling you, if I'm out there ice fishing and Cowboy comes up there and says, "I'm taking your spot," I'm saying, "You got it." <laughs> you got <laughs> you, it. Yes, <laughs> you, you yes, need yes, any no. more holes drilled? I'm drilling for you. 
the right. And like, yeah, yeah, you're good, man. I don't need the left hits from the head for you. I'm good. <laughs> All right, here's another one for you. What was your dream job when you were uh, younger? Oh, dream job. Actually, my dream job growing up was actually um, just being a firefighter. Actually, oh, cool. I don't know. I just always liked being. I always liked it. Yeah, Absolutely. always liked it. Yeah. And then growing up later, I really, in the teenagers, I really liked it because I figured out all the ladies like, you know, like firefighters. So I was like, oh, that might right. work out well for me. Well, that's why and Scott then, uh, <laughs> became a volunteer fighter. fighter yeah. So I'm a volunteer, but. Yeah. It's close. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's, it's as good as I can be here in yeah. Rock Rapids. So. Yeah, and then actually right before I joined the military, like I, my, my job was I wanted to be a firefighter in the Air Force. But at the time, they didn't have any slots open. So I decided to be, you know, a military police instead. So, right so I was that close. So. Very cool. <laughs> uh, so to start off uh, with you, Theo, uh, where did you grow up and how did you first get into fishing? Well, I grew up in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, that's a place where you wouldn't think about fishing at all. No. Anyways, <laughs> um, you know, so from a young age, my dad, God, I had, I was, in fact, I was just looking at pictures when I was like three or four years old with a fishing rod in my hand. Um, there's a lot of the local pond, local parks had ponds and stuff in them. You know, catfish, trout, bass, you know, typical stuff that you could, you know, that would be stocked and survive easily and stuff like that. Um, and occasionally he'll take me out to to uh, Lake Mead, which is the big, huge lake yep. in to Hoover Dam there. And we go fishing from shore and stuff like that. And that's how I got started fishing. And then that, on top of that, my uh, my next-door neighbor growing up, his name is Jesse Takarani. He's actually... The right, owner yeah. of it. Enigma yeah. Fishing. Yeah. Enigma Fishing, and he's wow. also, um, you know, he's, he actually just got, he just posted something, he's going to be on the 2020 Elite Bass Managed Masters Trail. Yep. So yeah. I had him, he was my neighbor. Awesome. So you still keep I in would, touch with him? Yeah, occasionally we talk, yeah, because I used to hang out with his nephew quite a bit, and I and growing up, I used to, actually used to work for Jesse um, doing fishing tournaments and stuff like that. He would uh, put on fishing tournaments on Lake Mead, and him and his nephew Shane Platter, uh, uh, well, my, like Shane and myself, what we would do is uh, we would go get the fish from the guys in a big tote and bring the fish up to the weigh scale, and then we take the fish and they'll do you know do their talk about how they caught it, whatever you know, and then we'll take those fish and we take them down to the catch and release boat. And that was our job. We're like you either pay us ten bucks an hour or pay us in fishing trips. I'm pretty sure you guys know what I want. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no, so. Jesse. Jesse really has a cool story. I, I actually listened to a podcast with him, and and you know he came from some really humble beginnings, and his dad uh, worked as a waiter, and and I mean they they had a rough go, but uh, yeah, that that is very cool that you were neighbors with him. Yeah, it was funny because I always, even still to this day, I want to I want a ranger boat, but that's what he always had. He always had this sparkling. Ranger boat and God, I envied that thing. God, I always it was like I don't know how to describe it. You seen it? You ever seen that toy? And you're just like, oh yeah. Oh, God, that's how, that's how I feel about his, his Ranger boat. I've been seeing he always had a trailer and stuff. And God, it was God, it was a something. It was something. I still get goosebumps thinking about that. Right. You know, we, so we all have boat envy from time to time. <laughs> right. all, oh yeah. <laughs> we can all remember that first sparkly boat that we've seen, and it just always stuck with us. Oh yeah. You know. <laughs> so so how you know from las vegas nevada up to minot north dakota how did you how did you make that move yeah you know i, I the military actually brought me up there um so back in 2001 uh well, i say back in 2000 i enlisted in the air force and then i uh, so went to my basic training and my other you know uh, training for school uh, or training for my job which is security forces um i actually my first duty station was minot north dakota so i moved there 
in 2001, and I was there from 2001 and 2004. And that's how that's when I was basically introduced to, or I guess I would say I wasn't really introduced to it, but like how to fish for walleye. I always, you know, growing up, I always, you know, seen it in, in fishery magazine on TV and stuff like that. But we don't have walleye down in Las Vegas, and so that's how um, that's when I got up there, and that's how I got to Minot the first time. Then I left Minot in 2005, went to Korea for a year. I didn't fish in Korea. I ate a lot of fish over there, but I didn't get to fish. And then I. Um, Went back home to Nellis Air Force Base for about four years. And in 2010, I came back to Minot for good and decided, you know, I'm here. I'm just going to retire here in Minot. And I'm loving every minute of it up there. So Nice. What did you think of your first winter? Oh, it was terrible. I, I didn't know what to do. In fact, well, let's back it up. I got, when I arrived at Minot, it was in May. And so it was probably, I think it was like 40 or 50 degrees out. But everybody up here up north, if it's 50 degrees out, Everybody's windows down, right. shorts, t-shirts. Right. I'm coming from. I'm just coming off leaving Vegas, and my the guy, my sponsor, he picks me up in a Geo Metro convertible, <laughs> and top down. I'm like, what the hell's going on? I had a winter coat on, I had my beanie. I'm freezing all the way up the, you know, the drive back to base. He's in shorts and t-shirts. I'm like, what the hell? And you know, a year later, I'm doing that because I'm like, oh man, 40 degrees. Oh, this is nothing, you know. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you have negative forty. That's an eighty degree swing from. Yeah, no kidding. But yeah, no. I mean, the winters are not fine. I, I look forward to the winters. I, I do every year. I'm like, because you know, it freezes up, and that's when my time to shine is get up there and ice fish. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, Theo, how hard was it to plug into the Minot fishing community when you first got up there? You know, like you said, you didn't have any experience. Uh, you know, probably fishing for the perch, fishing for the walleyes. You know, you're coming from from Las Vegas, Nevada, and, and don't really have any experience. How did you get that going? You know, I had no experience. Like I said, I had no experience. So I just took what I thought, what I knew, what to do. You know, I just grabbed a, a – and I had – at the time when I got up here, I was still waiting for all my equipment to get sent up here with my from my dad and everything like that. So I went to, you know, went to the store and bought just a rod and reel and figured, oh, look, here's a spinnerbait, but I knew bass. You know, I was like, I don't know what's in these lakes. You know, I didn't – I mean, I didn't know. Just, you know, we didn't have the – the internet was around back then, but it wasn't like how it was today. It's at, at, at the palm of your hands or anything like that. So I went out and grabbed spinner baits, and I, I was like, oh, well, I grabbed the, the blue fox spinners. You know those? I love oh, yeah. those, those things. That's a classic, you know, fish catcher for me. So I went out and fished. All I can catch is a northern. That's all I can catch because, I mean, it pretty much hit anything, really. <laughs> so that's all I could catch. And I, I had no idea how to catch walleye, you know, and, and being – you know, I mean, this is kind of a touchy subject for a lot of people, but I'm just going to bring it up anyways. But being black, you know, in a predominantly white community and state, you don't, you know, not everybody's exactly friendly. Not that they're racist or anything like that, but they definitely don't, you know, see you as, they just, you're an outsider. Right, and so right. there wasn't really anybody willing to help me. If I seen somebody, they just look at me like I'm crazy. Like, okay, whatever. Um, but I actually had another friend uh at the time that he was state i was stationed with and he actually taught me he's like dude here let's just go up here uh, one of the local bridges and he taught me how to jig fish for for walleye with a jig and minnow and he taught me it took me a little bit because you know there's there's a technique i mean it, it wasn't easy but once i learned it i picked it up and ran with it and and it's right now by far jigging minnows my i love using that technique over anything else and so that's how i got connected up and everything else i pretty much just learned on my own but then once I came back in about 2010 to really get back in, you know, back in the walleye fishing, I had a wealth of people to help me out. Um, and it's been it's taken off now. It's a lot different now than it was, you know, 15, 20 years ago. So. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Now, Theo, when, when a lot of people think of North Dakota fishing, uh, they obviously think of Devil's Lake. But you've had some great luck out on Sakakawea. Um, oh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about Sakakawea. You know, like when I'm looking at a contour map, I mean, it just looks wild. It's deep. It's, you know, crazy cliffs and whatnot. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you tackle something like that. You know, Sakakawea, it's a huge, it's a huge lake. Um, you know, we, the locals really divided up basically east, east Sakakawea, well, actually three different ways. Because uh, Sakakawea is connected to the uh, Missouri River system. It's, it's a reservoir. Um, so basically, uh, most most locals, most people break it up into three parts. We got West Sakakawea, which is kind of, well, it depends how you, who you ask. But you have like the river system, that's what we call. And we have like kind of like the West, the Van Hook. Uh, partial bay area and then we have east of Kakawea, which is um, more east and it's, it's huge it, it's it's huge and so we break it down that way and every part of the lake you fish completely differently and every part of the lake is uh it's the east part of the lake is notoriously harder to fish the rest of the part of the lake is the furthest from the river system and most of the bait fish actually a lot of bait fish hang out over there is just tough i don't know why east, the east side of Sakakawea is, is just tough but the west end is, is closer to the to the river portion of it and it's um, I'm gonna say like like catching fish in the barrel, but it's a lot easier fishing over there, you know. And um, in the river portion too is usually it's pretty good too. But really, really tackle Sakakawea. Um, you can use pretty much any technique out there available. A lot of I know people that pitch jigs shallow up in the bays. Um, that that works productive uh, pretty well too. I think actually the most productive way to to cover ground is pulling crankbaits in Sakakawea uh, and um, pulling live bait. Um, every year is different. Like last year was different. The water was up high, so the fish the fish were scattered, and they're you know it's hard to compete with all the smelt population up there. Yeah. Um, but you know it's it's tough. Like depending what time of year it is and where you're at, the technique varies differently all over the place. But I think the, really the most productive way to fish the Kakawea is is pulling crankbaits or just cover some ground. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's that's a really tough question to answer, honestly, because it's 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 such a massive lake, and so many techniques are successful just depending on the time of year. So. And there's a lot of different fish species in there instead of like besides oh, walleye. I mean, there's right that that too. Yeah, there's we have we have king salmon down there. We have cat, channel catfish. Um, we we I recently discovered within the past couple of years there's crappie in there. Uh, obviously, you have your walleye. There's sauger. There's uh, freshwater drum, northern pike, perch. Uh, there's cisco, uh, whitefish, gold eye. Um, yeah, there's there's just a huge smorgasbord, of, you know, of fish up there. So, and then a lot of times you never know what you're really going to catch, honestly. So, yeah. Now, now, obviously, with it being ice season right now, uh, you know, if, if you're going to go out to, to Sakakawea right now, um, where are you going to start? You know, do you got a certain depth that you're going to go to? You know, do you do you have certain contours that that you like to fish off of? You know, how are you going to yeah. decide? You know, if I, uh, if normally if I'm going to decide to fish Sakakawea, a lot of times I'll go like to the furthest west wind up there, and really I like to concentrate on the very very sharp drop offs. And I like to start like starting off. I'll start in about anywhere from 15 to 20 feet, and then if I'm not going there, I actually go deeper and not shallower. Uh, like um, like this year, for instance, uh, most of our fish in Sakakawea are in that uh, 28 to 30 foot range. Um, like I just did a video. Um, that I put out there, we're on this place called Deepwater Bay, and most of our fish were in that 28 to 30 feet, uh, that 30 foot range. So, I mean, right, I like I go deeper before I go shallower in Sakakawea. Um, but now, when it once it comes springtime and uh, later ice, 
then I'll move up shallow. Now I noticed on that video that you posted, uh, you guys do a lot of, you know, dead stickings, uh, you know, tip ups, high fish pros, whatever you all use. Uh, does that seem to be your most productive uh, way to catch them? You know, this year is different. My most productive way has been jigging, but normally our dead sticks are most productive because here in North Dakota, we can, we have four, we have, we can fish four poles during the wintertime. So we have four holes out. We can cover a lot of ground. So, and that's how we determine where the fish are really like, we'll set up a jigging hole, you know, usually in where we're, or, or, or you know, where a hub is or where we're going to hunker down for a little bit. And we try, if we don't, that's just our guessing spot. And then everywhere else is kind of spread out. We have four holes so we can go up or down, you know, for depth. But yeah, normally dead sticking, that's our, like, like our number one tech, well, at least the people that I fish was our number one technique of catching fish. And really it's just nothing special about it. We just put our, our, our minnow anywhere between, you know, six inches to a foot off the bottom or even sometimes even closer, or like almost laying on the bottom. This is a split shot and a hook. And that's all we're using. Really? Yeah. Now, what, what's the deepest you've ever caught a walleye out there? The deepest I ever caught a walleye, ooh, I would say I, fifty feet. Really? So, and, I, wow. and I know, and I know people that's caught them even deeper, like like you know, the seventy foot range. So wow, what's but they're the, out there. Yeah, I mean, what, a lot of the, times are what's that? No, go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah, no, a lot of times, but that deeper, like during like the fall, you know, everybody's using jigging wraps and you know, big jigs down there, and they're ripping them up from the bottom down there. So right, what's what's the biggest fish that you've caught out of there? Uh, my biggest fish out is a conkawea. My biggest sauger was probably about 22 inches. And then my biggest walleye, I would say, what was it, seven, it was like seven and a half pounds yeah. out of there. And they're bigger, and I've seen bigger come out of there, but that's just my bigger, biggest out of that lake. But what about, like, fish all around, like, hooking oh, hook any monster drum or oh, um, anything crazy, one of the salmon? Usually, well, the salmon don't get really that they big. They don't get there. that big. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they get average. Oh, I don't know, anywhere between five, six, seven pounds, maybe. Okay. I mean, that's about the biggest you're going to get out of there. But if you go down to the tail race, which is um, the dam, and you have right the tail race right below Sakakawea, you can get some monster fish down there. But, um, but yeah, I think eight pounds is like my biggest fish out of Sakakawea. I caught a lot of pike that was out of there. Well, I guess northern pike. I think I caught like a. 15 pound northern pike out of there i guess that counts oh, i really don't count right. pikes, but, <laughs> but. <laughs> where where else do you like to fish uh you know do you i know that you make a couple trips up to lake winnipeg uh you know obviously if you're not out on skakawea where else do you like to go you know that we have several lakes just in the surrounding area in minot i mean anywhere within an hour of you know minot there's a lake in any direction you know um it just really depends what i want to target if i want to target you know, trout, we have a, like, a little trout stock pond line to go to. If I want to fish for a walleye, well, I can go anywhere. And then if I go further east to like one of these lakes that are, are basically big flooded sloughs, I like to go chase perch there. Um, and it also depends on time of year. If I like, you know, during the fall, if I want big walleye, I just go a half an hour north of where I live. And I go shore fishing and I catch really big walleye anywhere between, they average anywhere between 8 to 10 pound walleye up there. Oh, nice. um, I just like that shore. average. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Like, there was one day I was just telling my buddy, I was like, yeah, I went up there, and my whole goal was to go fill the freezer with some, you know, a couple 18 to 19-inch fish. Well, I caught 20 fish that day, but all of them were 25 to 30 inches. <laughs> and I came home I came home empty-handed, but I, came, I left with some great content, though. So. Yeah, wow. For sure. <laughs> wow. 
Now, now, you know, people obviously know you as a walleye guy, you know, walleye Wednesday on your Facebook page, everything else. But uh, what other species do you kind of feel like is your, uh, well, Matt referred to it as your side species. Your like, side fish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let me see. Uh, my side species. I guess, you know, man, I don't know if I really have a side species. I mean, I like fishing for like bluegill and crappie. Like when I, when I get an opportunity to do that, I, I take it. You guys should see that in a few weeks there. Uh, Fish addiction TV, maybe, maybe not, I'm saying. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I take my side species. Man, that's a tough one. I, when I fish more, I guess maybe maybe bluegill or crap. But I don't, but, well, actually, you know what? My side species would be perch. Because if I'm not chasing walleye during the wintertime, I'm chasing perch. So I guess, now that I think about it, yeah, perch is like my side species. So right. Yeah, no doubt. You're in the right area for it. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> now you mentioned uh, a little bit about fish addictions tv uh how, how did that come about theo you know um like matt you know i, I think uh, you know uh there's a couple of podcasts right when the broken line had still had their podcast going um you know and it's basically kind of like I, I just had to start getting a couple pro staff deals and starting to actually trying to get my foot into the fishing industry and stuff like that and and I was, I wouldn't say a lost soul in the fish industry. I didn't really know. I started doing stuff. I didn't really know what I was doing other than trying to, I was at, you know, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I was, when I first started doing that, I was at typical, um, I'm going to say typical, but yeah, that, that pro staffing, that guy that was just trying to get sponsors or, or pro staff deals just to do it. Cause I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, as I grew, I started being, I started being more smart about what I was doing. But oh, okay, this is what it's about. This was, even though I, fishing is my passion. I started, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. But then I listened to a couple of podcasts, and they really resonated with me about, you know, being a pro staff, how to do it, what to do, what not to do. Um, you know, I wish I would have had that earlier in my, I guess, fishing career. But you know, it was. Um, I listened to those two couple podcasts, and basically they're talking about making fishing reports for fish addictions and i was like huh i can do that like you know talk about owning your area make a fish porch for your area and own that area i'm like okay well i guess i can try to do that because nobody else where i'm at in north dakota is really doing that so i did that i made a couple you know videos for them and i started doing more fishing reports and then they contacted me if i wanted to be on the content contributor team you know i think matt's still on content contributor team with fish addictions and stuff and they asked me to do that i'm like hey yeah sure um, started doing that, you know, and start doing, kept doing my social media thing. And, um, then one day, uh, I was out in, um, Devil's Lake right before an NWT and, um, and, and, and Mike Olson from Fish Addictions was having to be out there pre-fishing. He's like, Hey, you want to come out there and, uh, we'll have me pre-fish? I'm like, yeah, sure. I was done with my training for the day. He's out there fishing and he kind of talked about, you know, Hey, you know, you're, you know, you and this. And he kind of, you know, told me as I've been wanting, you know, he noticed what I was doing and stuff like that. And. Uh, he, he said he'll get in contact with me one day after NWT. I'm like, okay, cool. I mean, I wasn't expecting it because, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's being fishing on a TV show is pretty much a pipe dream. I never thought in a million years that I'd be doing what I'm doing today. You know, I only seen it, you know, growing up, you know, fishing on a TV show. I thought that was, I wouldn't even know how to do that, you know, how to start doing that. Anyways, next thing you know, a week, I think a week or two after when NWT ends, Mike gave me a call and asked me to uh, be on their, on their on their staff. And you want to talk about screaming like a little girl out there hung up the phone? Oh, my God. I about lost my mind. So <laughs> I believe that. So, 
<laughs> I well, yeah. lost my mind. Yeah. yeah, very well deserving. I mean, you you do work hard. You do put a lot of content out there. You're always recording videos, a lot of good stuff. Uh, and so, and yeah. and you keep your you keep your stuff clean. You know, I yeah, I've, I've noticed that, and and I appreciate that. So, yeah, and that was one of the things too. I mean, I I mean off, uh, and I, mean, I you know I put this out there too, and everybody that knows me personally. Uh, you know, I, I keep it clean on the camera, but I'm a I'm pretty cool and chill, laid back, just like one of the guys off camera, you know, <laughs> just, you know, you know, I do have a mouth like a sailor, you know, I'm, I'm in the military, you know, <laughs> that, you know but I know I do, I, you know, but I do try to keep it clean. I try to pride myself and keeping everything clean content and stuff like that. So everybody, not just adults, but everybody, including kids can enjoy my content so that that's one of the things with me and matt too you know on this podcast uh well you, I, I won't lie you know we've let a couple uh, four-letter words slip from time to time but <laughs> yeah. you know we do try to keep it clean just like you say you know kids can be watching kids can be listening whatever but yeah i i both me and matt know exactly how that goes you know <laughs> when you're when you're with the guys and you're bs and you know yeah that that happens so, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so now when you're doing all your self-filming, like recording all your own stuff for your social media, what's how's that different from when you all of a sudden go to film an episode for Fish Addictions TV, like having somebody else there with a camera and they're like putting it in your face like, okay, now we need you to do this. Right. It's a lot different. Like, you know, uh, I mean, filming stuff, there's stuff that's set up, you know, I mean, it's... It's no, it's no question. It's like that. Like, oh, with fish addictions, everything's genuine. There's nothing right. faked or nothing about that. You know, we might, you know, release the fish differently just because for the camera angle and stuff like that. That's pretty much really, it's all it's really kind of different and stuff like that, you know. Um, but with it, I actually like fishing with fish addictions more than filming myself because filming myself, I'm, there's so much more stuff I have to worry about by myself. Yeah. You know. Okay, what this angle's over here, what this camera's doing over here, what this battery's over here. Okay, cool, there's a fish right now. I got to try to fish this. And it's, it's, it's very multitasking and frustrating at the same time. It's fun, but man, there's a lot going on. But then with fish addictions, all I think I have to worry about is fishing, which is great because they hired somebody to film me. All right, that's all I got to do. So, <laughs> what's, yeah. what's your favorite episode you've been a part of? Oh, man, all of them had their memories, but I think, you know. My favorite one, my favorite episode was actually my very first episode filming with them. Uh, it was last season. The very it was um, in. I filmed them right before the season started, but it, it didn't air to the end of the season. We went up to uh, Baker's Narrows Lodge um, with Mike, and this is me, Mike, and Aaron Eichhorst were fishing. Oh, and Big Will too. Yep. Uh, yeah, we're out there fishing, and, and it was it was a dream come true for me because that was my first filming with them. I you know I was I was a nervous wreck, um, and we're fishing in. Up in way, way north Canada, 12 hours north, you know, of me and up in Canada, Flintflon, Manitoba. You know, the scenery, everything was just so unreal. It was like fishing in an in fisherman magazine. Like, you know, it was the stuff that you only see on TV. It was beautiful, serene. It was absolutely, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better background for fishing. And so that was my first, I'd say my first one and definitely my most memorable and favorite trip. You know, that's my first trip for sure. So now, who are you picking as your tag team partner out of the Fish Addictions crew? Uh, my tag team partner? Oh, God. You know, I'd say it's Big Will because anytime we go anywhere and have a hotel stay, for whatever reason, I'm always roommates with Big Will. So I don't know. So <laughs> even though we're like, we're like, we're like, you know, anytime we like the Park Life show or meet up with Eskimo somewhere, it's always, I'm always roomed with, with Will. I'm like, Hey, we're roommates again. Yep. All right, man. Are you, are you going to start rocking the Fu Manchu too, like he is? <laughs> yeah, oh, I wish. Yeah, I can't. I can't. You know, the handlebars. I can't do it as well as he can. 
Now, Theo, uh, when you first watched the first ever episode of Fish Addictions that you were on, uh, you know, and, and you're watching yourself on the camera, did, I mean, did you like the way, you know, it turned out or were you like, holy smokes, you know, I'm talking funny or, or whatever, or, or did, was it just like, oh yeah, that's me. You know, um, at, up until that point, well, actually I was still kind of like talking to camera. I mean, I, I, I just, I was just talking, in fact, I was just, again, I was just talking to buddy about talking on camera and stuff like that. I was like, it took me a long time just to get used to myself talking on the camera. I hear myself before I couldn't stand it. Like my YouTube videos. I, uh, I usually normally, I, I edit it once, you know, put it out. And I won't watch my YouTube video once it's posted again. I won't ever watch it because I just can't stand the sound of my voice. I can't. Really? Do I don't know. I just can't. I, I, it's out. Okay, cool. And that's it. I watch my video. And that's it. Um, and, but then, like, on Fish Addictions, I'm like, usually I'm a lot better on Fish Addictions than I am on my YouTube. I don't know. So I don't mind watching myself on YouTube on, on Fish Addictions TV or something like that, you know. But but if I know I'm on that episode, I won't watch it more than like once or twice i don't know it's just a thing i have i don't know <laughs> huh. yeah i don't know i, I know some i don't know I mean, it's just a thing where i'm like i don't want to be too vain about myself like oh yeah hey guys watch this episode it's always me and like what's going on you know but no i i just i just generally don't if i but i'll watch the other episodes like a lot if I, if i'm on there or if i'm in there a lot i watch it more than once or twice so huh no. yeah it's weird Speaking, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't. You know, with I don't literally listen to ours very much because I just can't stand listening to Scott. I don't mind listening to myself, but Scott sometimes. I just, you want a knuckle sandwich, pal? <laughs> all this UFC talk, and yeah. I better be careful. Yeah, I'll put. I'll knock you out. <laughs> Speaking of being in front of the camera, Theo, uh, you know, you you've got your own YouTube channel. Uh, obviously, you're very active on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you know. You've really done a spectacular job of, of pushing your own brand, not you know, not just the Fish Addictions brand, but the Theo Tolliver Fishing brand. Uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, uh, give the listeners uh, uh, or plug. You know, go ahead and plug yourself. Uh, you know, where where can they find you? Okay, yeah. If you guys want to follow me, I'm on Facebook on Theo Tolliver Fishing. Uh, it's the same thing, Theo Tolliver Fishing on YouTube as well, and then. On Instagram, it's K9Guy82. I know it's nothing to do with fishing, but it's the name, but it's K9Guy82. And it's, it's I used my, went from my personal and I switched over to my, I guess, professional page of fishing. But yeah, K9Guy82 on Instagram. And and the YouTube is Theo Tolliver Fishing, correct? That's correct. Right. So before we let you go, uh, Theo, what are some of your goals for 2020? You know, do you got any bucket list trips, uh, any species that you want to want to knock off in 2020? Um, you know, um, just 2020, my goal is really to learn my boat a lot more. I just got a brand new boat last year. Uh, and my goal is to really learn my boat even more than what I have now. I want to use it to the max, you know, really, um, use what I have in my boat, catch more fish, get them bigger fish. And, and basically, yeah, I, I eventually I want to put myself in a tournament. I don't, I don't want, my goal isn't to be a tournament angler, but I, I like that competition feel, you know, I definitely want to do at least one or two tournaments this season and definitely learn my boat. That's really my goal this for 2020 is really to just hone in on my boat skills. So what did you get for a boat? Uh, last year we got a 2019 tracker, uh, tracker combo, 17, 17.5 tracker. Uh, and it's wonderful. It has everything I need. Keeps the wife and kids happy or future wife and kids happy. Well, and, congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. And it keeps me happy too. And it does everything I wanted to so far. And I can put fish in a boat and I have plenty. So, Oh, oh yeah. that, that's the boat that, uh, that you said, she said yes, and everyone thought that you were getting oh, engaged. Right. She said, yeah. Oh, man. We, <laughs> oh, we, that's we came, right. Yeah. We came up with that, and 
the area that we, we posted it and then at the boat ramp i posted at the boat ramp and right by the time we got to like this this little uh our fast food restaurant which is probably like 20 minutes down the road or 15 20 minutes down the road, we, must, we must have had like a thousand messages like what the hell is going on <laughs> so, yeah it was we it absolutely just blew up we're like oh man I know. I was like, God, I knew it would work. I didn't know it worked that well, you know. But yeah. <laughs> that—that's a good story. Oh right yeah. There. Oh yeah. So, but oh. she, I finally said I do, and or she, I finally said uh, popped the real question back in September, and be getting married here on February eighth. So oh, awesome! <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thanks. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you uh, for joining us today, Theo. Uh, you know, we, we continue to look forward to uh, the stuff that you're kicking out, both on your YouTube channel and your Facebook uh, page. And uh, good luck the rest of the year. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for having me on the podcast, guys. And you guys are doing a great job. Just keep it up. All right. Thanks, thanks man. See you, man. Yeah, see ya. There he goes. Theo Tolliver from Minot, North Dakota. Fish Addictions TV. Fish Addictions TV. Theo Tolliver Fishing on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. You guys got to go and check him yeah, out. Yeah, if you're he, not following him, do yourself a favor and do it. Yep, he you'll, kicks out. You'll be entertained, that's yep. for sure. Kicks out a lot of good content. Yep. Uh, post your Walleye Wednesday pictures. For sure. He's always asking for them. He's always doing it, so put them on there, big or small, it doesn't matter. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, he invented Walleye Wednesday. It's, at least he's go, keeping it going. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of imitators, no duplicators. Theo Tolliver, the original. <laughs> Mr. Walleye Wednesday himself. That's right. Well, me and you uh, actually got out fishing here last weekend. Uh, we went over to the Iowa Great Lakes. Uh, it was kind of an afternoon deal. I had some basketball games I had to attend in the morning, and uh, we got over to Center Lake, and yeah. uh, we're going to try our hand at crappies. And the crappies didn't want to play, but the bluegills did. So Yeah, we did. You got onto a good bite there where you kind of found a school of them and had a little flurry go. And Yeah, I mean, I had about, I don't know, three, four minutes there where I was like, holy moly, like if this keeps right. up, it's going to be absolutely insane. And then all of a sudden you worked into a 45-minute drop where you didn't <laughs> mark anything. Well, and the thing, one, nice, one nice thing about them when you did finally mark a fish, I mean... They were pretty much committed. You'd mark them on the screen, and they'd come shooting right up. And There was no hesitation. Right. Absolutely not. Our buddy Stu, uh, he was over on West, and, and uh, they he said that they kind of struggled, that they could mark a few, but uh, they were kind of tight-lipped over there. And so, yeah, actually, on the way over there, I was like, man, you know, we're going to go out there, we're going to battle this cold, and the fish are going to be tight-lipped. And I don't know if that was a pressure system or what, but that, that would have had them possibly like that, but... Yeah, no, we, we did not seem to have that problem. When when we marked, marked them, we them, caught yeah. them. And, uh, yeah, so later on, uh, like we said, we kind of got into a, a real lull out there where we weren't really marking anything. We ended up out on east, and from the sound of it, from a co-worker of mine, we should have been on Smith's. Originally, I had told Matt, yeah, we're going to go over there to the, to the trussels. We'll run out on Smith's. Well, then, I don't know, for some reason, I decided... Yeah, no, we're going to go over to the Ritz, and, and uh, word is that they were catching them over across the bridge. So, go figure. Daylight, dollar short. Right. And that's just... That's did, fishing. Did he catch him, or did he, he talk to somebody that talked to somebody that caught him? I, I, I think it's I think it's the latter. <laughs> I think it's a talk to talk to. So, he, he said that they were walking out with buckets full of fish. Yeah, I don't think that... Maybe, but I don't know. Yeah, I guess... Probably, it could have happened. Yeah, you can probably take about 70% off that. <laughs> <laughs> probably probably each walk, walked off with six and fished all day. But Yeah. 
Now who but, knows? We I mean, we, we caught, caught some fish. Yeah. Caught a couple of nice bluegills. So yeah, that at, made at the it. end of the, at the end of the night, as the sun was really starting to go down, the yep. quality uh, definitely got better. At first, it was like, man, only mounter bluegills. I mean, just nice quality three inches. <laughs> <laughs> a couple small perch and right. No, no, it it, it it they definitely were not good. But yeah, as the evening went on, they definitely got better. But uh, yeah, whatever. You can't catch them from the couch, and we we went and. Yeah, we hadn't, you know, been able to get out lately right. to really get after them, so it was nice just to get back out on the ice and drill some holes. And well, and if I'm going to catch a thousand fish this year, you I got to, to you get can't after. pass up the smaller ones. Yep. You can't be telling those th- saying those three inches aren't just as important as a nine or ten incher. Yeah, if it gets to be the end of the year, I'm going to go to Walmart and just start catching goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> no. They're going to be like, uh, "Sir, we're going to have to ask you to leave again." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's you again you're gonna have all your your pictures gonna be up in all the pet stores over in sioux falls <laughs> yeah i'm gonna long arm a goldfish <laughs> look at that tight line them got the schoolie out there just. yeah <laughs> yeah well uh we've got the cold weather here in the midwest but uh some people are escaping it and heading south yep our past guest sam Sobe down there fishing the Bassmaster open on the Kissimmee lane of uh or Kissimmee chain of lakes down there in florida yeah. and uh as I a co-angler yep uh did it as a co-angler he, he really did a good job on his interviews or uh his interviews golly his videos uh setting it up he 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 titled uh a video uh quit fish or i'm, I'm gonna quit ice, ice fishing. fishing yeah and that. uh you know he went and met up with some dudes down there in kansas city and uh you know really kind of kept it a secret was like you know checking out their boats and whatever and never mentioned a word that he was uh gonna be doing this Bassmaster open and and uh yeah then he kicked out another video uh you know him fishing on a on a little farm pond at a at their airbnb or whatever and an alligator was up there and and yeah just wild stuff but uh no it feels good like i'm not gonna lie to you i uh i've had the weigh-ins going through my headphones at work and uh i don't know it's I, I, i've got, got the that itch, itch i got you? the itch i'm not even gonna lie to you I'm i started not- watching videos the other day ben nowak out of uh michigan i've been watching a lot of his smallmouth stuff lately awesome awesome Good videos content. oh yeah okay. very educational stuff too and uh yeah i just i can't wait to be throwing a spinning rod with a drop shot on it and just setting that hook and hearing that drag scream so yeah no i i but i, I keep t- but i keep telling myself don't do that yet because we still got a lot of winter left because it, it's probably going to set up like it does sometimes like it seemed to the last few years it seemed like ice fishing would never ever get here and then it got here, and then it's going to be like, oh, we're not going to have any ice. We're going to hardly have any ice. It's going to be here, and it's going to be gone. And next thing you know, we're getting close to May, and people are just like, because West Okoboji holds ice for quite a while. Right. And it's just kind of like, is it ever going to get off? It's not going to be off in time for, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think I think it's 60 days until official calendar spring. And, right. uh, you know, I mean, we can – we can go 30 days from now and, and really start having nice weather. We can go 90 days from now and still having snowstorms. So Right, and I mean, we've had it before where we've been out on Spirit Lake and the lakes over there in March already in the boats. Right. And we've also had it where we've been on the ice in March. We were last year. So. Yeah, oh yeah, later. Late uh, March. So. Golly, did we get out in April? 
I think it was close. We might have. I think with like one of the first days of April, maybe we were out there on the ice. I know that there was only like two weeks in between our last ice fishing trip. Right. And two weeks later, we we were out there with the boat, and and there was still ice out on the lake. Yeah. Yeah. Oh I, yeah. I, I do. I do up. that. I do that quite. A, I've had that a few times where I've been on East Lake, and West is fully locked up with ice. Right. Now, speaking of of videos, uh, you you mentioned a guy who you've been watching. We obviously mentioned Sam Sobey. Have you watched the 39 hours? I've, I've wa- I watched a little bit of the first one. I haven't had like a lot of time just to kind of watch them. And uh, did you watch, have you watched, did you watch the first season or just the I had, episode I did, one of the second season? I did not watch the first season. So going into right. it, I had no clue truly what it was. And, and I'll be dead honest with you. I saw it a couple times and just scrolled past it because right. I was like, eh, not interested. <clears throat> then I was actually talking to a buddy of mine up uh, from New Prague, Minnesota, and he had mentioned to me that he was watching it, and I was like, "Golly, you know, if he was watching it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna see what this is all about." And I turned it on, and like last night, I am flat out glued to the TV. Like, I mean, this, it was awesome. I, I don't know. I really, really like the, I, I like the way that they put the video together. I know you mentioned that it's a little like MLF, but <laughs> bah, 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 bah. I just I just did that just to get you fired yeah, up. Well, you did a good job, <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, no, God, it, it's just really cool. Uh, you know, another I, I, another. I don't know the the teams that I did not expect to do good. Uh, you know, were, were doing a little bit better, and I mean, they caught a nineteen and a half inch gizzard chad. Yeah. 19 well, and a half that's, inch. That's the cool thing about it is it's not like it's not just like a bass competition. It's not just a walleye competition. They're trying to catch the biggest fish, right, out of like of all, all these the different species. Yeah. All these I different mean, species. And yeah, they're common. not in the same spot. And they got 39 hours to do it. Correct? Right. Right. And and it's not exactly like 39 hours. They, they have some breaks. And like some have, 39 hours of fishing time. Right. Right. But yeah. Uh, I mean, they. God, I mean, 42-inch lake trout, I mean, you know, they're just really cool. I mean, there's sturgeon, there's bullheads, there's sheepheads, there's common carps. I mean, all these diverse species, the, all the anglers kind of bring their own little twist. Uh, it's it's four teams, three of them are from Canada, and uh, it's the fishing geeks. Uh, yeah. they're, they're two twins or brothers. Like, uh, thir- like thir- Thorson, Thorson Brothers. Thorson Brothers, Thorson Brothers. Yep. Uh, um, then, uh, obviously, uh, it's on uh, uncut anglings. Yep, it's a yep. series of theirs. Yep. Jay Siemens and, uh, God, what's uncut anglings name? I can't remember what it, I like, um, uh, God dang it. I should know this. We'll yeah, look it up. Whatever. Yep. The, <laughs> the uncut angling guy. And then, uh, uh, two other guys, uh, from up there in Canada. And then it's actually Alex Perrick and Eric Hadia from, uh, down here in America. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I really, really really like it and yeah it's if, if you type in uncut angling on youtube you'll you'll be able to find them they're they're the last few videos and and each video is uh probably about 50 minutes or something yeah, it's like, like that 45 I, was I think episode one six episodes and so they yeah. they do a good job yeah it, it seems like it's it's a cool cool idea and it's yeah. just it's neat to see that they're doing it off a of length and i mean just to see some of these massive fish i mean some of these guys are catching i mean been fishing for years and those two brothers they caught that lake trout and he's like this is my pb lake trout and that thing was 
fat. Oh, oh, huge. It, it, it could have eaten Grady. I'm not kidding you. I mean, this thing was huge. Also a past guest. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, did you know that one of them Thorson brothers holds the uh, world record for rainbow trout? Really? Yep. That's pretty I, neat. I don't know who's going to, Hadier is going to catch some big. Oh, yeah. You he know catch he's going to big get, dang fish, oh, man. Oh, man. He, Although, I, you know how I feel about his partner. Yeah. I, I, I was watching it and I was just like, I'm trying. I, I just, some of, like, watching some of his AP stuff. I mean, it's good stuff. He puts out great content and all that stuff, but I just. He, he has a tendency to throw some temper tantrums and, and whatever. And, uh, I, 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 and, and I know that. I've watched him. And, I mean, I have been very critical of him before, I think, on this podcast and, and, and whatever. But uh, I do think he's getting better. I, th- I think as he's getting well, older. Well, I think when he's, he's with he's, some of these other guys, it's, I mean. Well, and that's, that's another thing, like. I mean, Eric Hadia is an ex-Marine. Eric Hadia, you know, his He seems like a no BS type guy. Like, I mean, right. he likes to have fun out there. He does all that stuff, but like... Yeah, you're not going to throw a temper tantrum in the boat right. with him. It's like, so... Do you, uh, think, do you think it's very well possible that Eric Hadia and Alex Perrick are the two most hated anglers in America? Oh, I wouldn't say that. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I'm not personally saying that they're my top two. But I mean, you go you go through like there's a lot of people that don't like Ericadia, and there's a lot of people that don't like AP. Right. Well, boy, Duckett's probably your number one. Oh right? yeah, he's my, he's my number one, no doubt about it. I mean, I'd let I'd let AP and Ericadia come live with me for the rest of their lives before I'd even have breakfast with Boy Duckett. And I'll eat breakfast with anybody. So then there's that. You know what? That is going to be the end of episode fifty six. We will see you next week on episode 57. You got anything else to say? Um, stay warm. Stay warm. That's right. Sound advice from Matt Deitch as yes. we close out episode don't, 56. Don't, like, if you go out ice fishing this time of year, don't go without a jacket or gloves or propane. Hold it. Hold it. <laughs> hold it. Did We're you not see done. that? Did you see that that Brainerd uh, JC? Sees is back on. It's back it's on. It's back on. It's the Brainerd JC's tournament is back on. Free the JC's tournament. <laughs> <laughs> no, back on. God, that's crazy. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but I did see a lot more stuff that that's getting canceled just because of this super cold weather. You right. Know, yeah. Whatever. But a lot of stuff's getting moved. Uh, the Lake Bahoya kids fishing tournament was February supposed to be second, I believe. First, I think February first, right? February first. I think that's. That's when it got five moved on to Saturday. Okay. I think so. So the the first the first Saturday in February is what we're going to call it. That's right. So all right, now we kind of rambled on for a little bit longer. That's now I don't 56. think I, I don't think I have anything. Shut your mouth. Shut. All right. Shut. Shut. Shut it. Shut. Shut. Should I shut it? Shut. Shut. Shut your mouth. I'll shut my mouth. All you right. Tell me to. We're out of here. See ya. Thanks for joining us. Later. Bye. See ya. Okay. All right. Bye.